Hello and welcome to the D2C podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today we're coming at you with a archive episode, one of our first episodes, one of our most popular episodes of all time, conversion rate optimization with snow at home, teeth whitening and smoothie box. So that's Josh Elizeche and Vincent McCauley, two entrepreneurs that I've uh, worked a lot with over the years. And uh, it meant a lot to have them both come on the podcast and share both their strategies and their deep philosophies about uh, conversion rate optimization for one-time purchases, as well as for subscription brands with Smoothie Box being a, a great example of, a, of an ongoing subscription brand. Hope you really enjoy this and on with the show. If I was going through a drive-through and the first question they asked was, small or large it would be awkward it's just not natural like they've got to find out what it is you want before they can ask the follow-up questions introducing how often do you want a product that you haven't yet tried sort of seems salesy that's a mistake that i personally think a lot of subscription companies make because they underestimate the level of confusion that that frequency question asks it's just an impossible question to answer when you don't even know if you like the product yet this podcast is sponsored by Klaviyo, the email and text marketing platform that puts D2C brands in control. If you're the leader of a D2C brand, you need a platform that hustles as hard as you do. Klaviyo unlocks the power of your e-commerce data so you can personalize and automate messages that keep customers coming back. D2C brands communicate with Klaviyo. Start for free at klaviyo.com DTC. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot DTC. Our guests are brand owners Josh Elizeche from Snow Oral Care and Vin McCauley, CEO of Smoothie Box. So Hot Seat is a podcast where we bring together brand owners with great businesses, with lots to learn from each other, uh, and along with our Pilot House panel, which today includes Dave Steele, uh, CEO of Pilot House, co-founder of Pilot House and resident CRO, Kyle Hitchcock, and of course me, the host, Eric Dick. Uh, so... I'm lucky enough to call both of these entrepreneurs friends of mine and, uh, after having met them a number of times. And I messaged Josh the other day to ask him, okay, so you know, as a brand owner, what are you sort of really on fire about these days? What do you really want to know more about? Uh, and he mentioned that he's obsessed with CRO, conversion rate optimization. And then obviously he's super keen on the subscription model. And as soon as I heard him say those, those things, I thought, okay, that, that's Vin McCauley right there. So Vin is the CEO of Smoothie Box, former CRO of uh, the Behemoth Butcher Box. And I met him uh, in a really interesting situation. He applied to be part of the hot seat that I ran live on stage in Barcelona, Spain in August, I believe. And, uh, and we had Ezra uh, Firestone and Molly Pittman sort of giving advice to Vin on stage, answering our questions and, and sort of really just providing a lot of value to the audience. It was amazing. So obviously when, when Josh mentioned that he wanted to know more about CRO, share about CRO and also know more about the subscription business, it was like a totally obvi obvious choice for our first ever Pilot House hot seat. Uh, so guys, uh, to start with, why don't you just tell us who you are, uh, what your business is and where it's at right now. Can, can you start, Josh? Uh, my name is Josh. I go by Josh Snow. Um, Eric's said my name a few times, so he's got my, my actual last name down. Very few do. Um, but I'm most known, I own a few different brands. The, what I'm most known for is obviously Snow. We're on Instagram, at Snow, S-N-O-W, online at trysnow.com. Um, Snow is the internet's most popular oral care brand. We're known for um, disrupting teeth whitening, 
Uh, that's kind of where we started. Um, we worked with every, every Kardashian, Floyd Mayweather, and all the celebrities and stuff. Um, so that usually gets like most of the attention is the celebrity partners that I have. And then um, we've had about 8 million shoppers last year, more website traffic than Crest and Colgate. So we're, we're a disruptor. We're still a small business. Um, but uh, we are we're actually now doing very, very well. Um, actually, like even looking at today's numbers, we're doing incredibly well in terms of all the businesses, but in terms of Snow, I also own a financial wellness uh, company that's about as big as Snow as well. So across the companies do about 100 million a year on revenue. Um, uh, Snow and my financial wellness company uh, making up a good chunk of that. So our financial wellness company is blowing up right now. Um, you know, the best year of that business prior to me getting in the industry at this level um, was 2009 after the recession and all, so, or during the recession. So we are crushing it right now in the financial wellness business. We're having our biggest days of the year. We may have our biggest day in history of the company, four years of running that business, probably sometime in April. Snow is having some of the best days in, uh, in a long time, um, you know, other than November, December, where we make up, you know, 30, 40% of our revenue, we're having incredible days. So yeah, it's, uh, things are now, I can say, doing incredibly well. We'll see how long it lasts. We'll see what happens. But, you know, a lot of people have teeth and they're hanging out at home and, you know, they don't have a reason not to whiten their teeth. And we have uh, about 500,000 customers who support us and love us. So yeah, things are, Things are pretty good as long as uh, hopefully, you know, no one I know directly in my family is sick right now. So I hope it stays that way. We're not laying anybody off. So I can't like, you know, compare it to, unfortunately, you know, the millions of, of people getting laid off and the millions of small business owners who are, you know, facing some pretty hard decisions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're not invincible by any means, but, um, you know, we, I can't complain. I can't complain. Yeah, that's great to hear. And Vin, how about you? So uh, Smoothie Box, we are a wellness brand. We make uh, healthy, organic, whole food smoothies. We ship them frozen, which is super challenging. Uh, I was just thinking, Eric has me, had me follow up Ezra Firestone when I met him. Now I'm following up Josh Snow. These are, these are tough, tough guys to, to sort of follow up. But uh, I took over at Smoothie Box as president, actually. The, um, president. Not actually the CEO, but uh, as president uh, last May and uh, executing a bit of a pivot with it. And uh, I sat on the hot seat with Eric out in Spain with uh, Ezra Firestone and Molly Pittman, had a hot seat session there. This is kind of a nice circle back touch up on, on what's happened since then. Uh, similar to Josh, feeling super grateful. Uh, we're not invincible by any standard either. We've had some challenges due to the COVID crisis. Thank God my family's, you know, healthy, uh, knock on wood, and, um, and business is, is up. Uh, obviously, when you ship food to someone's doorstep in a contact-free sort of way, that's a particularly valuable uh, value proposition at the moment, uh, you know, so as people avoid stores. Uh, but that's the, that's the nutshell version. What about uh, Dave and Kyle? I know, you know, we're, we're pilot hosts over this uh, thriving agency. Let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing just in the agency so far. I'll jump in there, uh, Kyle, real quick. To reflect what Josh had, Josh had mentioned, um, as, as well as you've been, just incredibly lucky with a lot of our brands being in verticals that, that can thrive at this time. 
Uh, they've actually got opportunities to test new things and build their brand, really, really use this opportunity uh, to you know, step into it, really demonstrate what their values are and take advantage of, you know, the fact that a lot of advertisers are pulling off the platform or they're being forced to. Um, so again, real, really thankful. I think we had our first client have an inventory issue on Friday where they had to, they had to pull off and stop advertising. But other than that, you know, f- full blown, you know, mentality of, of growth, um, you know, still hiring, client, still hiring, uh, you know, client hit, like you said, Josh, uh, you know, best month ever in March other clients exceeding targets. Um, so really, really cool to see that. Yeah. Any, anything to add to that, Kyle? You know, honestly, we're really surprised. There was a little lull kind of, you know, a week and a half or two weeks ago and everyone kind of went into frenzy mode, but just being proactive and staying ahead of it. And we work in a bunch of different verticals too, which is really interesting. So we're getting market feedback in a bunch of different places. And if you just, you know, go with numbers, like 90% of them are the same uh, or doing better right now which I find fascinating. It's not what I would have expected. This uh, talk is specifically to talk about conversion rate optimization, to talk about some of the amazing uh, learnings that Vin's uh, generated as a subscription-based business. But before that, I, uh, you know, Vin and I were talking a bit earlier, and I really want to get Josh's take as well. What's, what's your sort of high-level take on where, what the short-term and long-term impact? I know it's impossible to know how things are exactly going to shake out, but Vin, you pointed to some some long-term changes you see happening. There are a lot of really interesting ideas about whether the shift to online is going to compensate enough for the lack of, of purchasing power or lack of sort of consumer confidence. I'm wondering where you sort of net out on that thinking. So, uh, you know, when you look at, at, at how China uh, dealt with SARS back, back in the sort of early 2000s, there was just a, just a, a huge shift in, uh, from brick and mortar retail to e, uh, to e-com and the duration of the SARS uh, pandemic or epidemic basically solidified new habits uh, with the Chinese shopper. So you saw like a huge growth in Alibaba and some of the other e-com titans um, over in Asia. So depending on sort of what happens here, uh, the duration of the pandemic, the United States currently is around 15% of retail sales is, is, is online, scheduled to sort of go up to 17.5% uh, by 2023. Uh, China currently is around 36 37% was the last stat that I could find. What we may see is a sort of a paradigm shift in e-commerce. I know the proposition of selling frozen food and having it shipped to people's doorstep, there's a mindset like, that's kind of cool, but it's more convenient to go to the store down the street and just buy it when I want it. Whereas now uh, that value proposition, you know, people are, are, are using new terms, social distancing, store avoidance, which would freak me out if I was a, a store. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, uh, so I'm no fortune teller. I, I certainly don't know what's going to happen. But um, as a guy that runs an e-com store, I'm really bullish on the, uh, on the future of e-com. And it's going to be industry specific. So something like dating sites, I could see really taking off as, as bars and social gathering uh, is no longer an option. But if you're a company like Evite or the online bridal uh, sites, you know, those, those ones I'd be, I'd be really concerned and be sort of exploring pivot ideas and opportunities. How about you, Josh? What, what's your outlook? Um, I mean, you know, things happen, right? This is very unfortunate. Um, and I just, 
I feel very fortunate to be heavily in the direct-to-consumer side of things. We're starting to really ramp up retail with snow. We launched with Target uh, in December, and we've got some very, very large retailers like Target that everybody would know that we're launching with this year. Some of that stuff got pushed back a few weeks, so we'll see what happens, but we're still 90% direct-to-consumer in one way or another. We do sell to medical spas, hair salons, dental offices, et cetera, who resell our products. And, uh, you know, those are, those are part of our family. Those, those guys are part of our family, but, you know, and, and a lot of them aren't operating at all. Some of them are operating at low capacity. So we really feel for those, uh, customers of ours. <clears throat> and, you know, I think that there's definitely going to be repercussions in terms of an economic slowdown. I mean, we're, <clears throat> we're already in the midst of it. And, you know, just today, we had a 6.6 million file for unemployment, so we're at that 10 million person mark. Uh, about seven or eight percent of the American workforce is unemployed right now. Um, that doesn't account for those who haven't filed for unemployment. It doesn't account for underemployment. So, if I look at it from purely a capitalistic, optimistic side of things, you know, when unemployment is low, it's not good for a small business like mine. Um, very hard to um, hire people uh, in terms of a you know a type talent. It's very hard to pull those people away from their cushy jobs. Now I'm having calls with people because we're looking to hire. You know I'm having calls with people that I don't think would have taken my call a few weeks ago even. So you know I look at it and say okay, how can we you know massage our messaging? How can we massage our supply chain? How can we make these quick pivots so that we can stay in business, stay the path of, of growing and, and growing market share? And, you know, I think that there's, there's clearly, it's a, it's a global pandemic. So, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people are sick right now. A lot more are going to get sick. And, you know, black and white, hundreds of thousands of more people are probably going to die. In the grand scheme of things, again, this is me being... Uh, looking at solely from the capitalist optimistic side of things. I was, I was just a story. So I was up in Sedona, Arizona, beautiful natural reserve. And like, I was uh, taking a Jeep tour and the tour guide, he said that the forest um, will, you know, like what happened in Australia with the bushfires, which was also very unfortunate. Um, the, the forest will kind of detox itself. It'll almost like, you know, it's waiting for that lightning strike because the canopy it becomes so dense that the the fungi and the plants near the bottom do not get any sunlight because there are just so many trees. So when the lightning strikes and um, clears the way, all of a sudden those plants and animals, etc., that were not getting sun at the base can all of a sudden thrive. And he was saying that in order for some of the plants to germinate, they need fire. They actually need like actual fire in order for them to actually grow. So in many ways, I feel like there's a part of this that is creative destruction. And it's cruel if you look at it in the sense of people have to die in order for, you know, things to come, you know, new things to come out of this. But if I look at it from the economy, economic side, you had a lot of businesses raising a lot of money, weren't they were not capital efficient, they're not profitable. And now all of a sudden, the tide overnight is being ripped from the beach, and now you're seeing who's swimming naked. 
And, uh, you know, Ponzi schemes are popping up all of a sudden, you know, getting exposed and, you know, all this stuff is you know, happening. And now venture capitalists in 2008, 41% of the series A rounds were, you know, just disappeared. And so now all of a sudden people are going back to the basics. It's like food, shelter, security, but in a business, it's like, is my product actually good? Is yeah. my service actually good? All these drop shippers that thought they could build a business around that are realizing, oh, wait, Customers don't want to wait three weeks to, to get a pair of cat leggings. You know, it's like, no. So I think that this is a really good, I'm a big study of evolutionary biology. And, and I think this is survival of the fittest in many ways. Some people, unfortunately, cannot survive. It's just, it sucks right now. That's just how it is. I really hope that the economy will cover. I hope that, and it will long-term. I mean, look at what happened in 2008. You can't compare it to this because this is, a pandemic plus a recession kind of, you know, together, but uh, this is a double whammy and it's happening really fast. But, you know, it's, you know, whoever comes out of this is going to show the resiliency and, you know, things happen. And I think people forget what happened and even in 2008, they forget what happened in 2000. They forget what happened in the early nineties, the late eighties, like people just forget this stuff and they think that, you know, and they, you know, <laughs> let's raise a bunch of money. Let's load up my credit card debt. You know, I don't know. The, the world's, nothing's ever going to happen. I'm always going to have a good job, high paying. And let me go and negotiate with my boss over and over again to get a higher salary. And, you know, they can't get rid of me. And then all of a sudden you see these heavily funded companies laying off thousands of people, you know, and small business saying like, what are we going to do here? Oh my gosh. The average small business has 26 days of savings in their account. So you have literally three and a half weeks before millions, 30 million small businesses in America, 26 days is what they have. And um, you look at the credit card, credit card debt in America is over a trillion dollars. Consumer credit card debt's over a trillion dollars. And so it's like, I, I think back to that tour guide saying, you know, the fact that there's a fire sometimes breeds, you know, breeds life into things that require that type of destruction. So in my mind, I'm like, as long as we can survive, as long as I don't have to lay off any of my people and we can pivot and we can do what we can, you know, this is a testament to building a brand versus building, a, you know, a hustle or an offer. It's like, do you have a brand? Can you withstand the test of time? Right now for us, be greedy when others are fearful. I know the cost to the cost per clicks are 30% off right now. So we are doubling down. We are going to push as hard as we can while this is going on. I'm having to talk with every single one of our agencies, every single one of our internal employees and saying, guys, we got a 30 day shot clock. We need to all hands on deck. We need to spend as much as physically possible on advertising. We need to double down. I'm working with celebrities right now because they're sitting at home doing nothing. I mean, 30 days ago, I couldn't get them on the phone. And now these agents and the celebrities are looking for deals and they're like, Oh, you know how I said I wasn't going to do that deal before I wanted a million bucks. What do you got now? Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of worried about, you know, if I'm going to get any acting roles, you know, I'll yeah. do it. So now totally. all of a sudden, like people are willing to work. So I think economically it's going to, it's going to suck, you know, pandemically that means that people are going to get sick. Chances are someone, you know, is going to get sick. Hopefully they do not die. We are all having to adapt very quickly, but five years from now, one year from now, people are going to, they're not going to forget this, but people are going to get back in. I was just in a podcast, uh, a webinar yesterday about 
uh, people that are in the beauty space. It's like, look, my girlfriend's waiting to, to put her hair extensions in and get her eyebrows done and stuff. As soon as she can do it, she's going to do it. So it's not like, you know, and a lot of people won't be able to do those things anymore. Those are luxuries of life. But, you know, depending on what audience you speak to, they're going to come back with a vengeance. People are going to come back with a vengeance. Yeah. As soon as restaurants open up, they're going to run to their favorite restaurant. They're going to drink five bottles of wine instead of just a glass. They're going to have 10 filet mignons instead of the cheap steak. Like they're going to go all out if they have the means to do so. The trick is how can you survive during these times? And I try to build my business like a cockroach. And I tell my team, I said, we have to be cockroaches. And if we're not a cockroach, we will die. So, you know, we have to be willing and able to withstand nuclear strikes. If we can, if we can withstand that, at least mentally prepare ourselves for complete destruction, you know, it's like you people can laugh at the preppers and the emergency preppers and stuff like that. I don't really prep much of anything, but from a business perspective, you have to be an emergency prepper. So what's happening right now is, you know, people are coming out of the woodworks and saying, oh my gosh, wait, the, you know, the dust is kind of settling online here. Oh my gosh, Facebook is 30% off. I mean, heck, I would be loading up on that type of stuff. Stocks, are the only thing that people run from when they're on sale. You know, that pair of boots that your wife wants, they're 30% off. She's running to buy three pairs of them. That TV's on sale, you're running to buy three TVs. You don't even need it. Stocks are on sale, people are saying, mm, I don't know about this. So this is the time when you gotta, you gotta put your big boy pants on and big girl pants on, and you gotta put your balls in the market, and you've got to go balls to the wall in your business and do whatever it takes. I'm calling customers, myself. I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling customers. Someone abandons our checkout. I see it right in Shopify. I'm calling them and saying, <laughs> how can we get your $100? We need it. So I'm, I, you know, how hungry are you? Now I get it. If you're a restaurant, if you're a barbershop, like some businesses just don't have a choice. I'm not mocking that at all. I'm simply saying that, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And now's the time to, you know, figure it out. If you got to close your business, close your business. If you got to cut the losses, cut the losses. You can't, you know, pussyfoot around right now. It's not time for that. The, the phrase I keep coming to is it feels like there's a lot of slingshots around. It's like there's a lot of, there's a lot of trap doors and, uh, you know, things that you can, you can stumble on, but there's a lot of opportunities to really put yourself far ahead during this time as well. But let's move along here a little bit. Let's get into this. There's some great high level views on, uh, on what to expect and always some great sound bites from Josh. That's my, uh, <laughs> always those will go right into the ads. Let's talk about conversion rate optimization. It was the first thing you mentioned, Josh, that you're obsessed with lately. Uh, there, you know, there, one of the things that we could actually do is even go through some of the suggestions uh, in terms of what Vin uh, has, has sort of like, you know, what he was able to do with us in Barcelona, where we actually went through some, some suggestions that, that uh, Ezra and Molly and myself made to, to his funnel. Vin, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. If you want to talk about a couple of those suggestions that we made and then what, what sort of you, you did about them and, and how they worked. Sure. So, uh, CRO is like something that I love to nerd out on. It's, uh, it's just awesome. Uh, CXL live has some good, uh, learnings with pep, um, on conversion rates. And, uh, one of the best sort of learnings that I've ever had is that a confused mind can't convert. And so all of our conversion work, all of our conversion strategy is really revolving around, um, where are we introducing confusion into our sales funnel? 
and uh, whether we're weekly communicating our brand. I think when I was in Spain with you, Eric, um, our, our, our brand was generally weak. You know, we weren't sort of standing up on our own two, two feet. It was void of people and uh, the, uh, the exact market that we're selling to is very product focused. As far as our, our actual sales funnel, so we're a subscription box um, and subscriptions offer unique challenges in the sense that a lot of subscriptions will say, what would you like? Uh, you know, coffee. Okay, great. Uh, how often do you want it? How much do you want? And then, and then check out. The amount of confusion uh, in those three questions is, is sort of significant. Reason being, that first question, what do you want? That's your box one question. What do you want shipped to you? What are you ordering today? And what's, what's coming your way? The other ones, as far as sort of like flavor, size, and frequency of order, those are, those are in some ways box two questions. And you're asking them a box two question before they've gotten a box one. Smoothie box, when I took over, had a broken funnel. It, the first question was, how much do you want? You want a small or large box? And then the next question was, what flavors do you want? And then the third question was, how often do you want it? Or the frequency, two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, or eight weeks. And uh, I just put myself sort of in the shoes of the buyer. If I was going through a drive through and the first question they asked was, you know, small or large, it, it would be awkward. It's just, it's just not natural. Like they've got to find out what it is you want before they can ask the follow-up questions. Yeah. One thing that we've done is sort of remove frequency, right? Right from the, uh, right from the sales funnel because frequency again is a box two question. So by introducing how often do you want a product that you haven't yet tried sort of seems salesy to, to me. And it also, it, it sort of introduces that level of confusion. Like, I don't know how much I want or when I want it next because I haven't tried it yet. So then I'm just on your site now. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. So do you actually have your, I'm in the cart, I hit subscribe and save. Do you actually have the, the, the uh, frequency after the purchase? Yes. Yeah. So in the email sequencing afterwards, it says you can, you can change your, uh, you can change your flavors. You can change your frequencies. You can pause and cancel it at, at any time. And that had a, that obviously improved your conversion rate, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, Big time. Wow. So, so that's a, that's a mistake that I, that I personally think a lot of subscription companies make um, because they, they, they underestimate the level of confusion that, that, that frequency question asks. Um, It's, it's just an impossible question to answer when you don't even know if you like the product yet. It's like and, Brian Dice talking about dating, dating, you know, a, a customer before you ask them to marry you. Totally. I, I, so, so when I'm, when I'm having CRO chats with people that sort of nerd on the same thing that I do, one of the things that I, that I say is that CROs, the whole concept is similar to dating to marriage, actually. So for, for, for anyone that's listening, that's, that's married, there were sort of people I dated. And um, if there was any level of sort of, question or uh that she was the right one you obviously default to not getting married you know or so you need that level of clarity uh in e- in e-commerce to get them to click that checkout button so a confused mind can't convert uh, you know i sort of repeat that over and over and over again it's not that they don't want to it's that it's that they can't it's easier to say no than to click the checkout button if there's questions so my number one rule for cro Simplify, simplify, simplify. 
Keep it simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> Keep it simple. Yeah. So as far as uh, Ezra and Molly's specific advice to us, uh, to me when, when I was on stage with them in Barcelona, they had things about introducing uh, add-ons and upsells. And, um, and that's also something I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by sort of the, uh, the post-checkout upsell because you want to get the checkout and then uh, anything before that really is, is, a, is a conversion killer. You know, so if you're on smoothiebox.com, um, you know, you'll see it's, it's, it's pretty clean. We've, we're toying around with, with a one product store, which is everybody gets a variety of products. <laughs> Even if you don't like chocolate, chocolate's coming in it. And then we'll replace that flavor, any flavor you don't like in your second box. Because even asking flavor profiling uh, in, say, in, in what we would call a custom box, um, again, introduces a level of confusion that, that, that hurts checkouts. That's like you're at the pub and the server's like, you know, you want to try a variety platter of beer or whatever. And it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll pick the one I like after that, of course. It's no brainer. Totally. Yeah. totally. If you've ever been to the Cheesecake Factory, their menu is the antithesis of CRO. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. chapters, there's 20 pages, there's a, there's, there's a, if you've ever been with an indecisive date, it's painful. And uh, I, I always try to keep my um i always try to keep our purchase flows uh streamlined simple clean and not confusing mm -hmm. limit options options for some people is paralyzing you got you know the guys on the podcast today we're trained to decide things right people come in our office they ask our questions we have to decide um and then we live by it whether we're right or we're wrong for some people that aren't wired entrepreneurial you know decisions become Difficult, painful, traumatic. They they want to avoid it. So, the less decision you can you can do, uh, the less options you can provide. The the higher statistically conversions conversions go. Makes sense. And how about you, Josh? What you said when I asked you what you're thinking about? You're like I'm obsessed with CRO lately. What is obsessing your mind? Right now, there's kind of a shield, which is um, low cost for clicks right now. So. Uh, you have two things happening. You have advertisers withdrawing, which is typically what happens during a recession or a recessive cycle of some sort anyway. Then you have more active users spending more time on the platform, so more, more impressions available in the marketplace. So you've got competition being pulled out and more supply being thrown in. So it's supply and demand. So with supply increasing while demand pulling back, you have this delta that is made up by the opportunity to advertise for a cheaper cost because you just have more people coming in. It's, it's, it's amazing in that aspect. You know, it's a great time to start a business uh, for sure. If you don't have a business or you want to start a business or whatever it might be, it's a great time to start a business. I mean, sometimes in a recession or depression or whatever, it's some of the best times to start a business because people are willing to work for less, they're willing to work for sweat equity. They're, um, you know, uh, they're willing to work harder. Um, you know, opportunities kind of the dust settles, and you kind of see what the real opportunities are. But with, with regards to CRO, the thing is, every business owner is like, if I could just acquire customers for less. And more and more of that. And it's like, yeah, you know, I wish I could fly. You know, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. The thing is, the way a marketplace works is over time, 
more and more advertisers. History repeats itself. This is Google. Google, um, hey, you can buy ads on a search term. Wow, that's amazing. One penny if you're a lawyer. You know, now you're getting clients, you know, mass tort million-dollar clients for three pennies. You know, great. But what happens is when there's blood in the water, all the sharks show up. So over time, that's why they built it as an auction marketplace is that they know that more and more businesses are going to come in. And if you're Google or you're Facebook, you want dumb money. You don't want Pilot House coming in and managing the ads. You want Joe Schmo, who thinks he knows Facebook ads, to come in and manage it, to spend you know, $10,000 a month and getting nothing out of it, but he doesn't know what he's doing or even how to track it. You know, so what you do is, is you build a marketplace model. So the thing is, every business is like, I want to acquire people for less money and I want more of them. It's like, cool. But what we, for, what we fail to look at because it's uncomfortable and it's not easy is the offer itself, you know, dollar shave club, very clear. How much is it? A dollar. It's a club. Also, I'm paying monthly. What do they do? Shave. Got it. It's like three words, dollar shave club. If your business can't be broken down to three words like that, you don't have a business. You have a make-believe. So you got to figure out, you know, what is the actual offer? Is it 50% off the first month? Is it a starter kit for, you know, 30% off? Like, what is it? You go, go to manscaped.com and they're crushing it right now because for $89, you get 50 bucks off of their full starter kit. It's 89 bucks. You know what that means when they're, when they've got, you know, 70, 80% margins, I would guess they've got, you know, $70 to acquire a customer that's given them 89 bucks, but then it's 50 bucks off. Plus you get free underwear, boxer briefs, and like a travel bag or toiletry bag and like something else. So you get the starter kit, you're getting 50 bucks off and you're getting all this free shit that people put their perceived value pretty high on. So like, well, I'm getting 50 bucks off. I'm getting free stuff. Okay. 89 bucks. Like that makes sense. And then you're getting rebuild every two or three months for those, those replacement heads. So now they're building lifetime value. Now I, I bucket CRO in, in a couple ways. I look at because everyone's like, oh, if I just, you know, Josh, it's easy for you to say you have Floyd Mayweather and Kim Kardashian. Like my ads would be amazing if I had them. It's like that's only like one fifth of the of the equation. And it's like the ad is important. The audience is important. You know, okay, cool. Then the offer itself, what are you selling and how are you selling it? Most people will do a little bit of price testing when they first start their business. Like, oh, let's try 49 and 39. I read in a book that nines convert higher. And they'll just make up prices and be like, ah, I think that's the price. It's like, are you actually price testing? Convert.com, I think it's like $500 a month. Go on there and learn it. If you're a business owner right now, all I would spend the next seven days straight, I wouldn't leave the room. I would have your wife, your girlfriend, your dog bring you food. Don't leave until your eyes are bleeding and send me that selfie of your bloody eyes that all you did was study conversion optimization, copywriting. What is my offer? This stuff has been around since the beginning of man, you know, cave writings. So it's like, what is your offer? Is it just, I'm going to sell you this water bottle. It's $1.99. It's like, where's the offer? Like, what's unique about this? Like, think through that. So the offer itself, the price itself, why $1.99? Why not $2.99? Why not $1.97? Why not $1.49? Why not buy 12, get 12 free? Why not buy six, get six free? Why not a subscription model? I like, I drink water every day. Why would I not subscribe? Give me an offer. So the offer itself, okay, so the ad, 
got it. It's got to be important. You've got to have an eye-catching ad. But some of our top performing ads had nothing to do with our product even. So it's like, you know, we can we run ads that literally, I mean, the beginning of Snow, I, I was running ads that was like, because we had been upgrading the product so quickly, we were running ads of the wrong product. They had nothing to do with it. That Those ads ended up accruing 30 million views on them. Wrong product. People don't even care. They just want to click. Once they click, they forgot what they even clicked on. So once they get here, it's all about the offer. What are the benefits of the offer? Why is it unique? Why is it attractive? 50% off your first month. Look at Harry's. $8. You get $5 off the 13-pack starter pack. It's $8 when you become a member. So now they've got this little stick that they're putting out there to pull you in this carrot. Then the conversion optimization itself. It's like, you know, sure, I can send, you know, 10 million people to a website. Like, that's not a problem. I can do that. You know, if you got money, give me a million bucks. I'll send a million people to your website. But the thing is, and I learned this from Howard Schultz book, Building Starbucks, like what is that flow? Whether it's a funnel or not, what is that flow? Are you too many entrepreneurs, e-commerce entrepreneurs are just sending people straight to their product page. I'm sorry, but Shopify was not made to convert. Shopify is slow. It's bloated. They have apps so that it makes it easy for small businesses. Shopify was built for Susie Q who wants to sell her cupcakes she makes in her kitchen on the computer for $49 a month. And that's, that's what Shopify was made from. Sorry, that's what it is. ClickFunnels <laughs> was made for people who want to sell information products and make money online. And they want to do all these crazy upsells and all this crazy crap. That's what ClickFunnels is built for. It is what it is. But you've got to look at it and say, okay, what is my advertorial, for example? So instead of just saying, this is the best teeth whitener since sliced bread, you know, best invention. It's like, no, 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 wait, take a step back. It's like, why are celebrities even using this thing? Like, why is it different? So the advertorial, you know, whatever you're using as a landing page doesn't even need to be on Shopify. It can be on WordPress. It, I don't care where it is. It can be on Facebook. And this is what you're getting people excited about. So you have an ad, you have the ad that has someone pulling out all their teeth. Great ad. I would run that right now. It would crush it. Click-through rate would be through the roof, okay? Your cost per click and your cost to reach a 1,000 people on Facebook is going to be so low, you're almost getting free traffic because you got someone pulling out their teeth and the headline would say, have you ever had a dream that your teeth were falling out? That would be, that's what I would write. Has nothing to do with our product. Has nothing to do with teeth. I don't know. And then we would take that to an advertorial that talks about the reason why you're having the dream about your teeth falling out is because deep down inside, you're having an issue with your confidence, maybe confidence in making a decision, confidence in your image, whatever it might be. And then I would wrap that into a special offer or come check out Snow, which was invented after the founder had recurring dreams of his teeth falling out and realized he had to do something for the millions of people. And it's taken off. In fact, don't be shocked if it's not in stock. Don't be shocked if you have to wait three to four months to receive the product because the wait list is just that long. Oh my gosh, what the heck is this? Still haven't told you what it is. Now you get me to where I'm at. Now the actual on-page conversion optimization, when you're on a product page, I don't give a crap what is in your, in, you know, you can't dig around on trysnow.com, try to find their ingredients, you won't find them. Like they're, they're just not there. I don't care about the ingredients. You should want to buy the product so much. I should have done such a good job that I say, listen, Eric, um, if you're like me and millions of other men, 
you know, you, you could use a little more pep in your step. And I'm the, listen, I'm the most peppy guy. I, I think I'm the most confident guy in my group. And after taking this, I did not know what I was missing in my life until I took a sip of this. Wow, I want that. What's in it? We use a proprietary formula. I don't even know what's in it. And I built the company. But whatever's in this, 500,000 Americans have changed their life. And so for you today, since I'm barely meeting you, what I'd like to do is I would like you to take one of these. Take this bottle. Take mine. This is my personal one. Take it. Okay, here's my cell phone number. Don't pay me. Just pay a dollar for shipping. Don't be cheap. I got to ship it to you. Don't be, you know, don't be a cheapo. Let me send it to you. And if you don't like it, throw it at my head. Bust my head right open. If you love it, I'm going to send you some more of it. And I got to tell you what, if you are not blown away by this, I don't know what to tell you. In fact, I'll give you 10 bucks. I'll give you 10 bucks cash. I'll leave it on the table. Getting better and better. Offer, right? So the thing is, every, every entrepreneur is thinking about, oh, you know, our ads need to be better. Okay, yeah, they do. Oh, our website needs to be faster. Sure, yes, it does. But at its core, what are you doing to, to build a confidence of someone who doesn't know who the hell you are? And guess what you're competing with? You're competing with a cell phone. So, bring, bring, bring. Um, I clicked your ad. You paid for it. I'm on your website. It takes forever to load. I don't even know what the hell you're selling. I don't know who you are. Where are you based? Are you shipping it from China? Oh, you didn't tell me. I don't know you. So, all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I'm getting text messages. Ooh, Instagram. Ooh, games. TikTok. You lost me. And now you're going to have to beg to get me back. So, as soon as you grab someone's attention, that's your job. Grab their attention. Pull them in. Okay. Give them an offer they can't refuse, get them excited about it, and then get it to them within two days. If you got to run it to them, if they're local, get in your car and drive it to them. Get the product in their hand as fast as possible. Once a product is in their hand, that's why we ship all of our own products ourselves, we get it to them within one day if we can. Once they got it, this is why small uh, uh, used car dealers, you walk on the lot and they say, hey, uh, what are you looking for today? Uh, just browsing. I'm just browsing. Like that's, that's what all your visitors are telling you right now when you try to sell them. I'm just browsing. I'm just thinking about it. Well, you got to grab their attention. You got to pull them in. Teeth falling out. People crying on camera. Whatever it is, pull them in. So what, whoa, what is that? Wait a second. And if you want to learn a good example of it, go watch Self Made on Netflix right now. It's a four-part series. It just came out. It's one of the best things I've watched. It's a little bit of scandal in there and stuff for TV, but it's about Madam C.J. Walker, who, who was the first self-made millionaire female, and she was trying to sell her miracle hair oil, and she was going around saying, do you have dandruff? Do you want you know buy this? Do you, do you want longer hair? Buy this. People are like, leave me alone. Then she goes, hey, ladies, let's talk about our hair. <laughs> we go through enough as African-American women of having to get the respect. We work hard all day long. The last thing I want to deal with is looking at my hair and not being happy with it. And if you, if that makes any sense to you, you got to listen to what I'm about to tell you because it changed my life. That all of a sudden, boom, multimillionaire. So you got to change the way that you present your offer, what your offer is, question the pricing, question the copy, how are you talking about? Are you just putting little bullet points of features? I see so many big stores online that aren't doing any of this stuff. And that's why I've, and we're guilty of it. I'm not sitting here saying like, I know everything. I don't know shit, but I know that I don't know shit. So the first step is admitting that you don't know anything and then saying, how can I figure this stuff out? Because if I give Pilot House a shitty offer 
and a shitty landing page that never loads and horrible copy, they can work all their magic on the front end, quiz funnels, and we could do all this fun stuff, and they'll do their job, but then I'm going to be pissed why we're not profitable, we're not making money. It's like, oh, you're, you're giving shit. You could give shit to the best agency in the world, and they're not going to be able to do much with it, at least not long term. How did nutrition brand Newsist increase their cart conversion rate? They became an eco-friendly brand with EcoCart. EcoCart is a free e-commerce plugin for D2C brands to offer more sustainable products through carbon-neutral ordering options at checkout. Visit ecocart.io to get started on your path to saving the planet while profiting. Uh, Vin, I would say that uh, with the, the name Smoothie Box, you're doing a good job at that very first job of being able to let people know exactly what comes from that. What are your thoughts, basically? On, on some of the things that Josh has said there. But like, I think, I think your brand is really embodying that. I think you're, even just seeing the changes that you've made since Barcelona, I think, uh, I think there's a lot to work with there. Yeah, I mean, so, so we, just got a, we just got a lesson, you know, and, and, and if you're watching this podcast, I hope that you were taking notes because Josh, Josh put a lot of sort of gold out there as far as how to articulate your value and uh, so on and so forth. The example that I use on the Dollar Shave Club, similar one is free credit report. You know exactly what they're doing. It's free. It's a credit report. Like there's no guesswork here. Um, I think I think part of it's being upfront with who you are and what you're doing. So I mean, even even Josh's um, company, Snow. You know, Snow Teeth Whitening. I mean, you you know you you know what's going on there. His insight into sort of the mouth and 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 how it correlates to your confidence and that being the true motivator for purchasing, I think is super insightful. You know, clearly he knows his business. Um, as far as smoothie box, we're, we're wrestling with a lot of that. The first thing we needed to do, well, one thing Josh said was, was look at, uh, look at the data, get it to convert.com. I'm a huge fan of convert.com. It's a great, great, great platform. It'll tell you mathematically what's better over a long period of time. And you've got to have enough traffic to get up to like a, like a confidence level, like a mathematical confidence level, but trying different things, testing different prices, being super scientific about it. Um, but he's just 100% right on that. Yeah. What, one thing I, that I think you guys that, you know, based on some of the, the conversations that we've had previously, I'm interested Vin, in your thoughts on the, you know, grab them by the lapels, anything it takes. And one of the questions we had on here was to discuss brand equity versus ROAS in this moment. I saw a comment on social media the other day uh, from someone running an agency saying, I'm having a lot fewer conversations with clients about staying on brand in that they're willing to sort of be more aggressive to take advantage of this cheaper traffic, try new tactics with quizzes or polls or contests or all these other ways to sort of take up real estate in the news feed, um, even going so far as to uh, post, you know, images that are totally uh, maybe against brand in some ways of, you know, sh shale teeth or, sh you know, broken teeth. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on brand and, and any sort of, uh, you know, controversy you'd have with the image that you're willing to present right now in these times of cheaper traffic. Totally. So, so it's an absolute struggle because some of those, I'll say for lack of a better phrase, tactics totally work. And, um, and some of them totally, totally hurt your brand, uh, potentially. So I'll use a totally transparent, 
uh, example that that we had this this week. Uh, I've been out there sending emails myself from the president's smoothie box. We're here for your community. Some people read one of my email as as fear uh, mongering, and that's not the brand we're going for. Mm-hmm. And I reread it and reread it, and I didn't agree. But it's not for me to agree with. If that's what people were reading when they when they got my email, if that's how I made them feel, then I totally failed at what I was doing. And so, uh, brand versus ROAS. You know, Josh said earlier, are you building a brand, or are you just sort of schlocking uh, drop shipping products? If you're schlocking drop shipping products, go go for ROAS, right? Just just go for it. <laughs> if you're trying to build a brand, then you got to protect that brand. And whether you're the CEO, or the president, or COO, our jobs are to protect and build and grow that brand. So, in a situation that we're in now, um, the environment is actually helping my brand blossom. One of the areas was like we do free shipping, we deliver it to your to your door. Okay, great. Um, a few weeks ago, that message resonated, but not, you know, not particularly well. Well, in the last three weeks, that message uh, has actually solidified that aspect of my brand. It's like, we're having internal conversations. Do we just lock in free shipping? Do we, you know, do we move it up the value proposition ladder a little bit, you know, instead of talking about uh, no contracts, we sort of start talking about ship to your door. So, in a situation like this, A, the company you run and sort of what your end goals are, I think really dictate brand versus ROAS. But if you're genuinely trying to build a reputable brand, something that you can exit from at some day, at some point, uh, or just continue to grow and, and run as a sort of sweet lifestyle business, then to me, um, situ- you don't your brand doesn't change on situational things, you know, so. yeah. And I and Josh, I'm not saying, of course, that you're uh, you know affecting your brand in any way. I don't know if you've actually done the, uh, the 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 broken teeth angle. Whether you've tried that, I know with some of the things that you're doing with Pilot House, you're willing. You know, there's a lot more uh, flexibility when it comes to uh, just messaging. Although I, nothing I, that I've seen is off message in any ways. And you've also established such a strong brand that you might that there's maybe more room to play with it. How, how would you respond to? a worry that you're damaging brand equity in any, in it with more aggressive tactics. I, I brought up that idea a few times. I brought it up with you guys. So you guys can take it around with that. I'm going to look for some videos of teeth falling out. So don't be scared. <laughs> it's already, it's already, it's already <laughs> happening. Put it down because you know what is, is everyone I've asked, this is the headline um, and it should be a quiz funnel. I know we're not supposed to be talking shop too much here, but um, you know, with our quiz funnel, with you guys at Pilot House, um, we should have something like that that says, you know, uh, have you had a dream with your teeth falling out? Almost everyone that I've asked, have you had a dream with your teeth falling out? They've had a dream with their teeth falling really? out. Really? So, um, you know, if you add, and, and I've never seen an ad like that. I've never seen anyone talk about this, but, you know, the most, co- I, I Googled the most common dreams because what happens is you make people feel special because they're like, oh my God, how do you know? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm not the only one that has those dreams. Oh my God, I got to take this quiz. Oh, it means that I'm having confidence issues or maybe it doesn't mean confidence issues. You don't make them feel bad, but it's like, Oh, there's, you know, there's a big opportunity coming and I got to be ready for it. That's what that means. Or, you know, and you can frame anything. I can turn anything into a teeth whitening sale, whatever it is, but like you take something like that. Um, but here's the thing, you know, what hurts your brand equity the most? If you got a business, that's what hurts your brand equity the most. Fair enough. You know, this is not the time to sit around and look, you know, you got to balance right now with what's going on with COVID. 
are you being oblivious to it? Um, whether, you know, I guess it, you're doing it on purpose at this point if you're not, you know, talking about it, but you're either oblivious to it. And, you know, if we were just running our sales as normal and just pretending like nothing's happening, our sales would not be doing very well right now because we built a brand, we have an audience. And even if you don't have a brand, you don't have an audience, you're right out the gate. Your, your potential customer is looking at you and saying, do I want to be associated with this person? People buy from who they like and trust, whether it's online or offline. So it's like, do I want to be friends with this person? And think about it. If you had a, um, you know, if you were trying to tell your friend like, hey, this Corona stuff is getting pretty serious. Eh, I don't know. And they just kept saying, eh, I don't know. You're like, I'm not going to talk to you about this stuff anymore. Like you're annoying me. So, you know, you want to not be oblivious, but you also don't want to be a, you don't want to profit directly off of it. You don't want to say, this is going to prevent coronavirus or your money back. Like, no, you don't want to do that. You're going to get in trouble anyway. Don't do that. Stupid. So how do you find that balance? It's like, well, can you donate a portion of your sales? A lot of businesses are doing it. Can you donate a portion of your sales to a cause that makes sense? Can you, you know, we see, we already donate from every sale to kids that don't have dental care. So all we did was say, you know, we're going to keep doing that, but we're also going to do this. And so like, for us, if we're too aggressive, here's a perfect example. Floyd Mayweather, who's one of our partners, uh, does great on men 18 to 34. Like, it converts pretty well. It's solid. You run him to women at all, converts horribly, and everyone's pissed off. Wendy Williams, we're on her TV show all the time. She's got millions and millions of fans. A lot of people like her. A lot of people hate her, and a lot of people don't care. So, you know, depending on those audience sets, you can create an audience set of like, who is going to like Floyd Mayweather? It's probably young men who love the fact that he's ostentatious and pompous about his wealth and they think that's okay. Okay, maybe that's who it goes for. Rob Gronkowski, people that don't watch, you know, uh, football, you know, or aren't Patriots fans or whatever might not care so much about Rob Gronkowski. So maybe you want to start with that audience. So when you're thinking about, even if you're not, you know, that was an example because we work with a lot of celebrities and you'll be surprised. Chris Jenner brings out people that don't like her more than, you know, Kendall Jenner. And then like Kourtney Kardashian so far has the best overall ratings if you're selling anything in health or beauty because she's known as someone who just tells it how it is. So if she speaks, people listen. So like you look at it and say, okay, how risque can I be with my brand? And like, you have to be sensitive, you have to be logical and say, okay, maybe I don't even bring up the COVID stuff directly. I just mentioned that we're still shipping. We ship from Arizona. We're an American company with, you know, whiten your teeth at home, come out of this smiling. There's a lot of verbiage you can do that's soft enough. It, everybody knows what's going on. You don't need to be like COVID-19. Like that's a news job to fear monger, but your job's not to fear monger. Your job is simply to say, hey, we're still here. We're a small business. We are still in business. We still would like to earn your business. And here's something to help you get over the fence of ordering with us. Here's 25% off. Here's a money back guarantee. Here's our phone number. You know, go to tristone.com on your desktop. The phone number is right up there, top right. Give us a call. Live chat. We're trying to you know, double down on customer support and warehouse to get the products out even faster than ever before to answer the phone faster than ever before. So as long as you're there and you're listening and you're looking at comments, I look at comments on ads all day long. 
and I'm looking at what are people saying about this? Oh, wow. They really, you know, we ran Charlie Sheen and snow is another word for cocaine. And uh, Charlie Sheen had a fair, fair dose of cocaine for a while. And, you know, we did a deal with Charlie Sheen and I was like, it's Charlie Sheen. You know, this guy's one of the you know most successful TV actors ever. And like, yeah, he had, he did a bunch of cocaine and stuff with prostitutes. And, but you know, it is what it is. People forgot about it. They did it. So when we started running, Charlie Sheen uses snow, you know, they were all laughing at him. Nobody <laughs> jokes. Seriously. So I was like, oh, okay, we got to get rid of that. We did a deal with Caitlyn Jenner. And I said, oh, wow. It's, you know, we, we're, we, we've done work before at the Kardashians. Let's get, you know, the, the patriarch, you know, Caitlyn Jenner now. Let's get Caitlyn on it. That'll show that we're inclusive and, you know, we're edgy. Oh, yeah. So I did that deal. Died. It was dead out the gate. So, you know, there goes whatever I spent on that. I don't want to know. But that was gone. That money was gone right away. So, you know, as a brand, the bigger you get, the more people are looking. Look at Nike and Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. You know, Nike makes a decision in one way. They've got to go all in on that decision because everyone is watching. Nike smart enough. You know, they're a marketing company. They said, okay, who's buying our products? Who's going to keep buying our products? It's millennials. That's who's going to keep paying $300 for a $10 pair of shoes. So they're like, okay, Nike, Jordan, okay, we're going to go that way. All right, if we lean in on millennials who are all about inclusivity and all about standing up for your rights and kind of you know that hipster movement, it's probably going to fare us well long term by making this bet. Let's go ahead and capitalize on it. Let's go for it. Let's go all in. They have to make those decisions with 100 people in the room thinking through this stuff. When you're small – who cares? You get Caitlyn Jenner. It didn't work out. Throw it away. And, you know, you're running uh, free shipping, uh, you know, and we're giving 25% off because of COVID. Oh, whoa. People don't like that we're mentioning COVID directly in the comments. All right, scrap it. When you're like the smaller you are, you're able to move and be agile and just be willing to throw it away. But if you're not like testing those different, like on your homepage, wherever all your traffic goes to on your website, test a few things. Like, be really edgy. You know, when I first wrote the, the homepage for Snow, it said, make your coworkers jealous. That was all it said. It said, make your coworkers jealous, order now, American company, whatever. Um, but the first thing, it wasn't get whiter teeth in nine minutes, like we use a lot now. It was make your coworkers jealous. Hmm. And it's like, huh. You know, I never thought I wanted to make them jealous, but what am I going to make them jealous of? Oh, my smile. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You know what? You know, Susie in HR, she's always talking shit to me. I'm going to show her up with my smile. So just like something triggered there where it just it grabbed it. But it was me inside of Shopify, two minutes. It took me two minutes every time I did it. And I would say, let me try, make your ex want you back. That it. Let's try that. Um, you know, stop your husband from cheating. Boom. Right. It's like the best sex of your life or your money back guaranteed. Let's try that. <laughs> like you gotta be willing to try it. It's like, how can you tie it back to your smile? You will have girls, you know, if it's a guy coming to the page and their software, you can change it up. Or if it's a guy or a girl or change it up in your campaigns, you know, you will, um, you know, fight, you know, stop dating sixes and start dating nines or your money back guarantee, you know, get the swipe right from supermodels or whatever. Like just be crazy with it. Right. Especially right now, there's so much going on with the media that you can get away with a little bit more. As long as you're not, don't poke fun at what the stuff is going on with the COVID. 
be sensitive to it. Message the moment, right? I think that's what we're yeah. seeing across all of our clients right now is just sort of like, and some are able to be more fun with it. We've got an underwear brand that's being a little bit cheeky with uh, sort of being at, being at home and being comfortable and everyone's just finding their way finding their way to message the moment. Actually, actually on that, Vin, um, just looking at your ads, you're walking in a line here, I'm sure. Which one are you looking at? Uh, it's a box. Um, it's a box on a conveyor belt? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was probably the one that, that, that I got sort of called, uh, called out on. Okay. Uh, we've, we've taken that one down. You know, so the intention when I, when I wrote that, you know, I'd be interested to ask, ask Josh sort of, what's going through your mind as you're at, as you're writing those H H ones. But, uh, in my mind, I, I was, uh, when I was writing it, I was, tr- I was thinking of communicating. We're still shipping. We're, we've got boxes flying out the door. There's a lot of hysteria going on. People sort of hoarding toilet paper, like eight gallons of milk and freezing it. And, and so <laughs> what I wanted to convey was like, Hey, we're still shipping get it. Uh, and there was a sort of a question is like, is FedEx still going to be running? Is, is, is UPS still going to be running? Like, and, and they were, and, and we're, we're talking to our FedEx reps, like you guys still good. You guys have any outbreak going on? Is there anything that, that we need to be concerned about? So what was going on in my mind in that case didn't translate well. Did the ad perform well? It did. You know, we had really low CPAs, that's one of the situations where, and every brand's got to make their own call. I don't disagree with anything that, that, that Josh is saying. I believe being bold and being proud and, and, and you can't argue with a guy who's, who's done so well over, over like multiple brands. And, um, and so, so there's not an ounce of sort of disagreeing with them. In our case specifically, we're, you know, we've got sort of specific exit thoughts. We've got partners that we're talking to. Um, and that's not a brand that, that wasn't a brand I was trying to build where like, get it before we run out, you know, like our, our, our shelves are stocked. We're, we're, we're well positioned for any growth we may, we may see. And if FedEx stops running, I've got, I'm going to be sitting on a bunch of products. Or Josh is going to drive them for you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Hire, Hire pilot house and. And, and call and call Josh, who I'm thrilled to meet today. Yeah. So there's one more, one more thing. Like I know Josh, you said, uh, you know, one of the, the other key thing you're interested in is the subscription business. And I, as far as I understand it, uh, snow is not currently doesn't offer a subscription unless I misunderstand that. I know you have a payment plan, which has been probably really helpful during this last little while, but like, what are your thoughts on, on how you're looking to get into subscription? And is there anything that Vin could, uh, could provide in terms of uh, help there? No, I mean one point he made already, um, which was which is helpful. And I'm I'm a student of all this stuff, so I'm I'm always learning. So I'm always open to to feedback and and testing things out. But like the the sequ- uh, the sequence of the questions, I think is important um, because you know people want to know that this is going to work on their teeth before they subscribe for it. For you know, and and uh, you know, it's a lot. People are getting subscription fatigue nowadays. I know it. Um, you know, I looked at my own bill. I'm like, you know, I remember when uh, cable cord cutters or whatever was a thing and like, you know, cancel direct TV or whatever your cable provider. Cause it's, you know, $79 a month when you could get Netflix for $7.99 a month and then Hulu for, you know, free just with commercials or whatever. And, um, 
now I'm spending like $400 a month um, on TV. And I'm like, whoa, what happened there? Um, and I'm also spending eight hours looking for the movie I want to watch. And I just give up. So I'm like, this sucks. So, you know, subscription fatigue is a real thing. We just launched subscription. Um, we had a soft launch with it last year. Uh, we ran into some hiccups because we ran a try before you buy offer where you can just take the kit home for a dollar. And if you don't return it to us, we charge you $149. Well, um, not the best thing when you have something that's easy to return and people start to take advantage of it. So we pulled it back, but um, we just launched subscription again because we got toothpaste coming out. You know, toothpaste is a naturally subscriptive thing. You know, smoothie box makes sense. Like, you know, uh, things like that that make sense to be naturally subscriptive. The thing is we decided early on to include a lot of um, supplies with our order. So like you spend 149 bucks, but net net, it's about a dollar per time you use it. You use it for 21 days, 21 bucks. I mean, that's less than a box of strips. So like we're actually very, very uh, relatively cheap. I mean, we're a good deal, uh, great value. But we give six months of treatments kind of right out the gate. So it's like, see you later. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we're, we're starting to do is reposition that and say, okay, if you subscribe, you become a member, you're going to get $50 off your starter kit instead of calling it the all-in-one kit, see you later. It's a starter kit for $99. bucks. we are going to give you some free gifts. I'm kind of copying the Manscaped model. So $99, bucks, you get $50 bucks off instead of $149. You become a member. $45 every three months, you're going to get refills. And we have to start changing our messaging because like Smoothie Box, like from the get-go, you know, Dollar Shave Club, like you know that it's a club from the get-go. You know what that brand's built off of. It's a subscription box or whatever, like FabFitFun. Snow is not have that brand of just being, boom, a subscription. So we're changing the verbiage to like our members, how many members. So instead of 500,000 customers, 500,000 members or, you know, become a part of our family. When you subscribe, get $50 off. If you're not whitening, you're yellowing. Lifetime of confidence. These type of like, you know, keywords that stick in people's minds so that they're prime. You know, you never think of Netflix of like, or Amazon Prime. You're like, you know, you know that it's a membership. Like you're not thinking, is this a membership or is this a one-time fee? Like you just know that. But they've primed you, you know, pun intended, in order to think through that stuff. And so one thing that I'm, you know, interested in is, uh, churn. I'm interested in, you know, how do we extend the lifetime value of that customer? How do we make sure that they don't leave? And, you know, when you have something like Smoothie Box, where people are, you know, they're eating it, they're drinking it, whatever, you know, how do you make sure you don't send them up too much product that they want to cancel or, you know, that type of stuff, I think is going to become really important to our business very quickly. We just launched subscriptions. So we're getting people in the door and getting them to, to be a subscriber. But once they're in the door, it's like, how do we make sure they don't leave? Uh, Vin, do you have, I know I, we were, I was going over some of the suggestions that Ezra gave in Barcelona there. The one was to make sure that 10 or 15% of your budget was, uh, your ad budget was actually to people that had already made, you know, were, were in the subscription basically, just to keep valuable content as touch points so that they're more likely to re-up. I'm wondering if, if there was anything that, that you've sort of found that really helps with, with the longevity of a subscription. There's a bunch of stuff and, and retention and churns the name of the game with subscriptions. Um, we went with his advice, but not at the percentages that he recommended. That was okay. a little steep for, our, for the margins that we have. Um, but, uh, you know, speaking of Ezra, 
if you take the smart marketer courses or watch some of the videos that he has with Molly, a lot of his strategies are talking about how to get sort of more orders out of uh, the Boom Cosmetic customer. And um, subscriptions, the opposite in the sense that you've already got your, you know, you've already got your next order. How do you make sure they, they actually make it there? And Josh brings up actually some just fantastic points. So I'm going to try to unpack them all. For Smoothie Box, we have, we have a concept of we have to help our customers manage their freezer space. Freezer space is highly competitive space. And so if I'm sending too many smoothies, uh, they get sort of mad and cancel. <laughs> if I don't send enough, shipping frozen is obscenely expensive. So, so it's hard to offer free shipping on lower volume. Um, so those, those questions that you're asking yourself are totally, totally valid. Um, there was a, a small learning of, of uh, you know, it's appropriate in most cases to give them a heads up when you're, tr when you're making that next charge. Uh, that email is totally crucial because if you're like, hey, just FYI, we're going to ding your credit card, you're going to get a lot of cancellations three days right before that next shipment's due. So adding in a product so that the messaging can be like, hey, Toothpaste at cost added in your next box. Oh, by the way, we're digging your credit card. <laughs> or click okay. to add this to your next box because we're getting your shipment ready. There's, there's, there's sort of just verbiage tweaks. It, it kind of goes along the CRO mentality of just really testing different, different things out. But messaging is really key. Um, the reality for me is if they didn't drink the smoothies, right, they're going to cancel. Or if they've got, you know, 15 in their freezer, my goal is to, is to offer pausing uh, intervention, make it easy for them to pause. If they came in on a promo, they lose it if they cancel. So we sometimes will do a for life deal where it's like, hey, you're getting an extra five smoothies a month for life. And then, when they, and then if they go to cancel, the messaging is just like, hey, FYI, you can pause, you can do this. And if, and if you do cancel, that's fine, we understand, but, but that promo expires, you, know, you'll, you can come back through the next promo channel if there is one. One thing we do as a subscription company, so, so subscription fatigue, real deal, people have exploited and blown it up. Uh, people don't like it generally. They don't want to be forced into a subscription. I know like applying to like the local Globo gym and, and they're like 12 months up front. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to make it three weeks. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, and I'm committing for the whole, the whole year. There, there's six core areas to a, to a subscription model. That might be helpful for those for those listening. There's a subscription box, which is what we are. You got Birch Box and Bark Box and Butcher Box and Smoothie Box and any other sort of box people can dream of. There's subscribe and save, which Amazon helped educate the population to the concept. So it used to be an educational thing, but now people just get it. For uh, we just rolled out uh, subscribe and save because as a subscription business, we're trying to see what other areas of the subscription model work well for our customers and are sort of genuine. So uh, we know subscription itself is actually a CRO friction point, right? Like, oh, it's a subscription, I'm out, right? So, all right, how do you balance the benefit of a subscription model against the friction of the subscription model? And I think subscribe and save really does that. For the people that only get one box, my AOV is significantly higher on. Hmm. And then what we do is we create a bonding sequence to get them to, to you know, we, we ask, how are you feeling? Do you feel the impact of having whole food fiber, organic smoothies, drinking daily? Are you getting low? 
if you'd like more, you can save 25%. Now, 25% uh, isn't a promo. It's the difference between the price of our one-time and our subscribe and save offer. So we're just blank, blankly saying, hey, you save 25% if you subscribe and save. Click, click here. Um, having bonding sequences and a, and a non-pestering email sequence, I think, is core to these models working. Memberships, so Josh mentioned memberships. We also call our customers members. Uh, I think that's a really, really awesome sort of pivot that you're making. We're testing um, a membership thing. Sign up for, and, and we're testing the pricing, right? We're do, doing different pricing models, but one thing we found out listening to our customers was that some people were using it as, as a weight loss tool, or they had just recently had an aha moment the aha moment might have been they got a diagnosis from their doctor. They need to change their lifestyle. They've come across some information that lets them know that organic's better than sort of GMO stuff. Or, or the aha moment's different for everybody. But what we, what we added was like a lifestyle membership. So at-home fitness workouts, uh, meal planning, a private community that people could share sort of recipes. And we had, we had some partner deals. So there's companies that we have natural symmetry with. So supplement companies is, is one of them. They've got, you know, they're only as successful as they are helping their customers develop a good habit in taking those supplements. Those supplements need a vehicle. If you just sort of drink them or stir them into water, they're, they're you know, like a protein drink. If you've ever had one, it's not the sort of most delicious thing you've ever had. But you put that supplement into a fully organic smoothie and it's, it's as delicious as the smoothie is, and you're and you're you're sort of boosting it up. So we're testing membership markets, uh, Thrive Markets doing a membership plan now, and um, you know it's it's sort of not straight to the bottom line profit, but if planned and sort of mapped out well, it's a highly profitable channel. There's media and stream. So the core the core six areas: subscription box, subscribe and save, memberships. Media and streaming, which is going to be like news, software as a service, of course, and uh, digital info products, right? Mm -hmm. the, the old click, click funnels camp. So uh, those are the six subscription models that we're always looking to see if any of the, like we started as a subscription box, we've added subscribe and save, we're exploring memberships because every one of those has um, an advantage for a certain, for a certain person. And then uh, trying to keep it simple, right? Trying to not be confusing to people the challenges in how you articulate it and how you present it, you know, um, and how you drive certain persona-based traffic to, to landing pages and actually keep, you know, some of our strategies keeping people off, off the site, you know, send them, send them to a landing page. Uh, the older female demographic for us loves our collagen add-in, gives them stronger hair, stronger nails, sort of glowing skin. And, um, and so we pre-bundle it. We don't sell that as an add-on. We have a landing page. It's bundled. It comes with collagen. And then it speaks to them specifically on that. If they click through, it takes them right to the checkout and they're, and they're out. You know? yeah. so, so, but you know, as far as Josh, uh, as far as snow teeth whitening goes, toothpaste, I mean, a toothpaste subscription makes a heck of a lot of sense. There was an MLM toothpaste that was hot a couple years ago and my my wife was sort of buying a lot of it, and um, uh, I don't remember that product working well. I'm sure you know your yours doesn't and and will, but to me there's a there's a lot of opportunity in subscriptions, and you know 
managing churn. So we use, we're on Shopify, we're on Recharge, and we're on HubSpot. So depending on what page you land on, you're going to either be on one of those three. Getting our data dialed in uh, was super challenging, and um, and and but but we got it uh, dialed in with a guy Jim Banks, who I think most of you guys know. Yep. Um, uh, we use Glue, Glue.io, and they've got a really great retention model built into their even. Uh, it's not the free version, but but they're before you get to pro version, and um, and so we've got sort of co- cohort tracking. You're looking at when you're in a subscription business, sort of retention per cohort, because we're not going to spend like for us CPAs on on uh, on men are a little higher, but they're also a way stickier customer, so we're willing to pay more for them. Um, so just doing the data sort of analysis, like a guy like Josh is is into sort of data and crunching it and seeing where the opportunities lie. So I think it makes a lot of sense for for Snow to to at least be exploring it at minimum. Um, there's One a lot of opportunity models. there and something I could you know, talk for a lot of hours on. I, you know, I don't think we have the time tonight, but uh, ButcherBox has done it super successfully. And um, you know, to brag on them a bit, they uh, no investment launched off a Kickstarter campaign and, um, and have sort of gone to stratospheric levels, simply compounding the profits that they made from day, from day one. Josh, did you have anything else to add on the subscription side? I, I think we kind of run a little bit longer than we intended to here, but it's been a really good conversation, I think. Yeah, I took some, some, some good notes um, based off of what Ben was saying because we're, we're really, really, you know, almost none of our revenue comes from subscription and we have to it's, – it's so hard enough. It's hard enough to get the customer to buy once. It's like my goal for the company is that – you know, half of our new revenue coming in is subscription revenue. And I don't care what that takes. You know, it's just like, you know, we've gotten 500,000 people to give us at least a hundred bucks and we're always the most expensive in the market. So like the result of that is we built a significant brand and, you know, we have great assets because of that, but, you know, we still have to wake up every day and we, luckily we have a good percentage of customers that come back and buy. But when you think about toothbrushes with toothbrush replacement heads, toothpaste, mouthwash, dental insurance. These are like naturally subscriptive products and services. And so, you know, for us, it's very, very important, you know, and I wish we would have thought about it or we would have taken action on it like we are now, you know, three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, but um, we're doing it now and we are trying to, you know, we're having to reshape the way we talk about our products the way we talk about our results, talking about a lifetime of white teeth versus just get your teeth white for a wedding you're going to or something. So just really trying to extend that out, kind of like, I guess, you know, with Smoothie Box, like, you know, healthy, convenient option for life. Like it's when, you know, when's a day going to come that you're not going to want white teeth? When's a day going to come that you're not going to want to brush your teeth? So it's like talking about in that aspect, I think is really important for us because people are so used to getting promotions for the one-off products and, you know, kind of just buying it and stocking up on it. So we're having to change that model. We're actually changing our packaging, changing our, the, the, the package itself, the product itself. So it's not coming with so much upfront so we can charge less for that starter kit. We're going to call it a starter kit so that it just naturally plays into like, Oh, I have to subscribe. Like, you know, I, I, I have to keep my teeth white over time. So we're like, we're pushing everybody into that, 
kind of direction. So we're doing the front work on that behind the scenes. We're working with recharge as well, figuring out the funnels to give people that, you know, the option to buy one time if they must, but really saying like, Hey, join our family. Here's why. And then one thing that I'm thinking of that I'll continue to think about is the value stacking, you know, Amazon prime, you know, they give videos, music, you know, audible, they give all these things that they stack so that there's a benefit, you know, FabFitFun is a box that you don't know what you're going to get every three months of all kinds of stuff. They have 2 million members where with us, we can't necessarily just throw in a bunch of other people's products into a snow box, but thinking through how can we add value to that subscription so that even if people were thinking of canceling, they're not going to cancel because of XYZ. Like Prime, the base offer is get faster shipping but people stay around because maybe they watch videos from Prime and they think it's free, but it's included with their membership. So they see it as a, a value that's big enough for them to keep it around. Costco, Costco sells a dollar fifty hot dog and a soda, and they have the cheapest gas prices around all the time. So like, you keep your Costco membership, yeah, because you go in there once a month to buy water and toilet paper, maybe some snacks. But you're really keeping it because you get gas there every week. You know, when you go in, you get a pizza for a dollar ninety nine and a hot dog for a dollar fifty. Like it's so cheap. You know, they lose they lose I think tens of millions of dollars on their food for sure. I I, I forgot the exact number, but on the rotisserie chicken for four ninety nine, it's the biggest fattest rotisserie chicken you can get anywhere, and it's always four ninety nine no matter where you go in Costco, uh, wherever you go to Costco at. And so, like thinking through, what are those value stacks? that makes sense for our business that are ancillary to the product itself. The product has to work. It has to be good. It's got to taste good. It's got to give good results. It's got to look good. The price has got to be, you know, we are a premium brand, but it's got to be right enough that, it, you know, people aren't going crazy over it, taking all their money from them. But it's like, how do we add value to our membership base that costs us almost $0 ideally um, you know, whether it's a magazine, exclusive content, you know, maybe it's discounts on other products, you know, access to new products before anybody else, whatever it is, flavors that are only available for subscribers, things like that to make it special so that people not only want to become a member, but I know the next hurdle that we're going to face very quickly here is how can we keep people as long as possible? Because if we're breaking down our, our product costs or our you know, what we're getting from a customer, if we're now getting $15 a month for toothpaste from a customer, instead of selling them a $150 kit, you know, we can't spend 50 bucks to acquire a toothpaste customer, unless we know they're going to stay around for 10 months. So like, figuring that out is going to be our next challenge as a team is thinking through from the front end, how do we prime that customer so that they're expecting to stay for a long time? Like, you know, uh, month six, you know, by month six, you know, with smoothie box, like by month six, my doctor said my vitals were better than ever before. He even asked, what was I eating? What did I change? And the only thing I changed was subscribing to smoothie box, priming them for month nine. Here's what you can expect by month nine. You know, your, your, your blood flow is going to be better. You're going to, you know, lose some weight. You're going to whatever it might be, you know, um, that's, you know, selling that kind of longevity is going to be you know, a key challenge for us to understand, obviously cavities, lower cost on dental bills, wider teeth over time, like things like that, Confidence, figuring out yeah. that stack of how we get someone in the door on the front end, prime them for long-term subscription and keep them in 
by adding value to their subscription, making sure they're not getting too many toothpaste tubes that are just stacking up on their sink and they're like, I got to cancel this thing. You know, making sure that they're excited to stay on board. And then if they do cancel, doing what we can to downsell, keep them in, re, you know, reactivate those ex, you know, expired customers. So those are just things that I'm thinking out loud. But we now have a challenge of we're heavy direct response business. We spend you know, tens of millions of dollars on advertising. Now it's like, okay, we need to now make that pivot to subscription. And that's why we're going through our first kind of capital raise right now. We're self-funded, we're bootstrapped, and we don't need, need, need the money. But if we're going to take that risk where we start to make money in month four instead of day one, or we start to make some of those shifts, we need to make sure that we're capitalized so that we can take those risks, continue to spend on advertising, but maybe not make the money on the first sale, but make it on month three. So then it becomes like our business is going to be all about retention. There's some uh, metrics there, Josh, that once you guys dive in, there's some key sort of metrics to track and, and to stay within for, for a business model that we could sort of circle back privately on. Okay. Two quick points, just, just, hearing, just hearing what you're thinking about. One, oral health drives body health. So, uh, so good oral health right now, I think, I think is just super key for, like, again, we're not going to mention COVID, but keeping a healthier body. And those ancillary products, you've got floss, you've got uh, toothbrushes, you've got things that, like, my wife throws our toothbrushes out with regularity, right? We've been brushing with it for whatever weeks, boom, it's out, and, and, and we have a new one. So I actually think you've got a really interesting organic subscription option, and, I, and I'm thinking more in the oral health space um, and also the educational space about, about hey, you've got to exchange your toothbrush sort of there's there's gross particles flying around your bathroom <laughs> you know there's right. maybe a premium toothbrush that has a cap on it um, you saying that you're following or looking at uh, the Harry's manscape model is like perfect I think because they what they've done is is a really excellent like I don't know about you but I've got a bunch of Harry's razors and I keep forgetting to sort of pause my subscription then I want to cancel it and then they gave me an option to pause. And then, you know, and, and then I canceled it, but then I came back. And one thing with churn is a cancel is not a cancel forever. You've got to track the people's satisfaction with your product at time of cancel. So Smoothie Box has a 90% satisfaction rate at time of cancel. So we actually don't view them as gone. We view them as, as like a not now. And so we keep them as part of our family. We keep talking to them as if they're an active subscriber. And then check in periodically to see if they're if they're ready. Because although I would love everybody to order Smoothie Box every four weeks, the reality is we have people that buy three times a year, and that's okay. You know, we have other people that buy twelve times a year, and we love them a little more. But but they're they're uh, and then what you said, you've got to figure out. Um, sometimes in our marketing, we're dipping into box two and box three, but we can only do that because we have our metrics dialed in. But you know, sometimes our CPA exceeds our first box profit. And so you got to be really confident in what your CPA is, that your data is clean, your data is right, and that you're going to actually get that return by keeping that client to at least box four, five, or six. There's a 90-day challenge in subscription boxes. If you can get them past 90 days, you got them. Yeah, you gotta see if Gronk can offer, like if you're on for a year, you get invited to his summer party. 
There we go. I like it. And my one other idea that I really, I that you know, if if you're good, if you can get a bunch of celebrities to sing John Lennon's "Imagine," but with uh, your snow in the mouth, so that you can't actually hear them, I think that might hit the hit the note pretty well. I like that. I think there's definitely a two-parter in this. There's a lot more we could dive into. We've gone uh, just just about an hour and a half. But yeah, I think uh, I think it was amazing. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the Pilot House hot seat. We didn't hear as much from Kyle and Dave on this one, but I think it was, uh, you know, we're hey, just they're, glad to they're be the stars of the, of the show. Yeah, there's a lot of passion. You just got to let passion happen. And- thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate, genuinely appreciate the chance to meet Josh. I've certainly seen your work all, all over the internet. So hats off, a lot of respect for what, for what you got going on over at Snow. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good, good being connected with you and we'll stay, uh, we'll stay in touch. I've, I've, uh, reviewed what you guys are doing. I think it's awesome. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big smoothie guy. So, um, and I've been following daily harvest for a while. I think it's a great model. So, um, if I could be of any of assistance anytime, feel free to reach out. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at direct to consumer, all one I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C podcast. We'll see you next time.